Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, a podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and today I wanted to share with you my strategy for finding interesting local cars for sale with just a few minutes of online searching. It's fun, it's simple, and I do it almost every day. And 95% of the time, I'm able to find really interesting used cars, trucks, and SUVs at amazing low prices that I would actually consider buying. So what is this simple yet effective search method? Well, I'll tell you about it in just a moment, and I'll tell you about some of the cars I found in my most recent search. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. Now, I've mentioned in other episodes that the average price of a used car in the U.S. is over $30,000. In fact, I think it's closer to like $32,000 or even $33,000. And the price of new cars, it's more than $50,000. It's very depressing if you're just jumping back into the market to buy a car or a truck. But there are ways to get around it. And a couple of months ago, I did an episode on a type of used vehicle that I like to refer to as the pandemic placeholder vehicle. Now, if you heard that episode, you might remember this, but if not, here's the basic premise. So cars were hard to find during the pandemic. Prices were high for the cars that were for sale, used or new. So my recommendation based upon some of my searching was rather than go out and buy something new, rather than go out and even buy some of the newer used cars like, uh, you know, a 2018 or a 2020, something that was just a couple of years old. Rather than doing that, just start to look in the local market on Craigslist and see what pops up for sale by owner. I started doing that just kind of every day, just sort of looking, looking, looking. And what I started to notice was cars that were maybe 10, 15, even 20 years old that were very low miles, had maybe one or two owners, really good condition vehicles were being sold for like next to nothing. They were $2,500, $4,000, $5,000, $6,000, depending on the car, depending on the miles, depending on the condition. But still, you were, I was looking at these prices and these cars and trucks and thinking, these are really inexpensive for what you're getting. And it dawned on me, why not recommend to people that they look for something like this that's a placeholder vehicle while the pandemic and the inflated prices and all that kind of stuff kind of passes. Something you might keep for, say, a year or two years, maybe three years. Something that's going to be reliable enough and get you around, especially for people who are working from home, who no longer have a commute. It makes more sense to have a vehicle like that because who wants to buy something brand new for $50,000 or more and then just watch it sit in the driveway and depreciate? That doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. I'd rather have something that's $5,000. If it depreciates to zero, well, you lost $5,000. If you've got a car that's $50,000 and it depreciates more than 10%, well, then you've lost that $5,000 anyway. And it's probably going to depreciate more than 10% over time. Well, maybe not in this particular market, but over time it will. And if you live in a state like I do, where there's a 10% sales tax, you buy a $50,000 car and guess what? It's $5,000 in tax. So yeah, this idea was making sense back then, but I still think it makes sense today. When I do these searches, it's almost sort of, I think of it like serendipity, right? You just come across vehicles that you say to yourself, I remember that. That was a cool car back in the day. 
and it's still cool, especially this particular example that's in nice condition, I should check that out. So I'm going to go through a search that I did just today, and hopefully it gives you a little bit of hope, a little bit of inspiration for your car search, for your truck search, your SUV search, because there really are some great deals out there. If you're willing to go down a little bit in terms of maybe age of the car or the type of car that you're looking at. And the examples I'm going to give today, you might think, oh, they're all going to be real simple. No, they're actually not. There's a muscle car. There's a ridiculous car. There's, of course, some, you know, four-door, more practical things. Uh, There's a couple of convertibles. I mean, there's really some interesting stuff. With that, let's jump into it. So I start with my local Craigslist. Now, you might be able to do this on OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace, but the reason I like Craigslist is I can go to the main page, and I'm in the Seattle-Tacoma market, so that's what I look at. And I go down to Cars and Trucks, and I click on that. This is under For Sale. And once you open that up, on the upper left, under Cars and Trucks, it says All or Owner or Dealer. I don't want the dealer ads because there's too many of them. So I click on Owner. Boom. And then it comes up. And then I just start scrolling down and see what kind of interesting vehicles are there. Some days, occasionally, there's nothing. And that's kind of rare. Typically, there's a lot of good stuff that shows up. But let me just go. I'm going to go straight to the cars that I found today. Uh, The first one was, (laughs) and I've seen these a lot lately. Um, This is a 2002 Pontiac Trans Am. It's the WS6 package with a six-speed manual. This has a, I believe it's a 5.7 liter V8. I don't remember the exact horsepower on these. It's like 275 or 300. But this is a really well-equipped car from that era. And it has, it doesn't say if it's a one-owner or two-owner, but it looks like it's got limited use. It only has 88,000 miles on it. So for a 2002, a 20-year-old car, that's not a lot of miles. Now, again, you would have to look at this closely to see if this car had any particular issues. But from the initial ad that I'm seeing, it's a really interesting car. And the other thing that I found recently is that a lot of cars in this genre are showing up for very reasonable prices. Now, you might think, you know, $15,000, that's too much. But when you think about it, there's a lot of performance here for the dollars that you spend. You'd have to spend man, probably seventy dollars or $80,000 to get the kind of performance that a car like this could provide. Now, it may not be your type of car. I'm not particularly a quote-unquote trans-am guy, especially from back in the day. But when I look at these now, I think this is a really good deal. Also, for example, not in this particular search, but in a recent search uh, last week, I think, I think it was August 15th, I found a Camaro Z28. It was a, I've got it right here in an ad, hold on. Yeah, it's a 1997 Chevy Camaro Z28 30th Anniversary Edition, six-speed manual, T-tops, low miles, and the low miles was 95,000. So that is low miles for a 1997. That's very low miles. It's got the LT1 5.7 liter V8. I did mention it was a manual transmission car, which is cool. It was black. It was in really nice condition. The price started out at 8,700, and then over a week, week and a half period, the person lowered it to 6800 and then the car sold. Boom, it was gone. So I was looking at that thinking, okay, this is somebody motivated to sell. They were selling for a really inexpensive price 
for the type of performance that you get. Now, again, you may not be a, again, a quote unquote Camaro person. Uh, it doesn't really matter. If you're looking for something fun to drive, this would be a really fun to drive sort of placeholder car for the next year or two. Why not go drive it? Now you might think, oh, gas mileage, it's terrible. It's going to be expensive. Okay, well, let's, you know, think of it this way. If you think to yourself, well, I'd really love to have an electric vehicle. And yeah, you know, some of them are great. Number one, they're hard to find. And for the ones you do find, they're marked up over MSRP by dealers. They can be more expensive than you want them to be. And it's going to take a lot of time to recoup your investment in just purchasing that car, that vehicle, even with the federal rebates and other incentives that maybe your local market is giving you, your local state or, or city governments are giving you for buying an electric vehicle. It's going to take you a long time to recoup that. And then you also have the issue of range, right? I mean, that's the one thing that kind of stops me when it comes to electric cars. If I want to take an electric car and drive across the country... Yeah, you can do it, but who wants to sit and wait for hours, you know, for either A, a charger to open up, or B, uh, you know, for the car to actually charge? I don't want to wait for that. So something like this is kind of fascinating. And again, $6,800. Once that price hit 6800 that car sold. It was gone. It disappeared from Craigslist. So there was that one, and then there was another, I think it was a green Trans Am, a 1997 for $12,000. That was just like two months ago. So these are kind of moving. People are saying, hey, I've got this vehicle that doesn't get very good gas mileage. I guess I'm going to sell it. It's not going up in price the way I want to. So I'm seeing a few of these. So I thought that 2002 WS6 Pontiac Trans Am was kind of cool. Anyway, so that was serendipity. This was the most expensive car, by the way, at $15,000. Okay, next car. Oh, this was, <laughs> this is kind of ridiculous. Most of you aren't going to want this. This just kind of caught my eye. This was a dune buggy based on a Volkswagen chassis, kind of that Manx body style. If you're familiar with the Manx dune buggies from back in the 60s, those are really popular now. They sell for a lot of money if it's a real Manx vehicle. But in this particular case, it's a copy. They're asking 13.5. Is this really a vehicle that you should buy? No, I don't think so. I just thought it was interesting for me, so... I put that on the list. And it was it was more expensive than I would probably want to pay at thirteen five. Okay, the next car, here was an interesting one. So back in the mid-80s, Pontiac made their mid-engine Fiero. And you might think, a Fiero? Come on, there's not many of those around. Well, this particular one is a 1985. It's in good condition. It says it gets great gas mileage. It's the four-cylinder model, which is not really something I personally would be interested in, but... I was looking at it like, if you just need something to get around in, that's something kind of fun, this is kind of cool. And this particular one looked like it was in pretty good shape, just based on the pictures. Again, I'm not recommending you buy this particular car. But the seats were nice. There were no tears or rips, at least in the pictures that I could see. Uh, again, it has the kind of doggy four-cylinder motor. It does have the five-speed manual, so that's interesting. And it had 137,000 miles, which for that particular year isn't a lot of miles. And again, it's 4000 bucks, right? It's not expensive. So if you check that out, and if you had it checked by a mechanic, and it turned out it was a decent vehicle, and you could use it as a little runabout while you're working from home, hey, 4000 bucks, you've got a mid-engine car. That's kind of cool, right? All right, next vehicle. This is a 2003 BMW Z4 convertible. It's the 2.5 liter version. 
It's an automatic, which isn't my favorite. It has 122,000 miles. But the condition of the car, again, based on the pictures, I, I didn't go look at the car. I just did a quick search here. Uh, it's blue in color, kind of an aqua blue. It's attractive. It's got a gray, gray seats and a black top. It says it runs and drives perfect, always garaged. <laughs> well, if it's outside, it's not always garaged, so somebody's lying. But, yeah, I guess they garage it every night. Uh, cash only, no trades. And guess what they're asking? It's a BMW convertible. Oh, it does have a cracked windshield. They do have a picture of that. Just replace the windshield. Sell it for a little bit more. They're asking $6,000. Now, again, if you went to look at this, and this is, again, the 2.5 liter, so it's, you know, the lower horsepower model of the Z4 convertible. It's going to be plenty for most people just for something to drive around in. And again, if you're working from home and you don't need to drive a lot, Something like this could make sense. It could be fun to drive. And if it checks out by a mechanic, you know, 6000 bucks. It's cheap. Again, I'm not saying you should buy this particular car, but this is the kind of thing that you could come across. Okay, next car. Of the entire group, it's probably my favorite. Not in terms of, like, the car itself, but in terms of, I look at it and think, yeah, this is probably the one you'd, you might want to buy. So this is a 2005 Mazda 3. It has 115,000 miles. They're asking $4,900 for it. It's kind of a mm, orangey red color. I don't know what they call that color, but it's nice looking. It's got a nice looking set of aftermarket wheels. I don't typically like aftermarket wheels on a car, but in this particular case, they actually look pretty good. The interior looks perfect. doesn't look like there's any issues. Uh, let me just kind of flip through here real quick. So here's the great thing about this car. It's a one-owner car. This is the original owner. There's no accidents. It's 114,600 miles. Manual transmission. I'm a big fan of manuals. You may not be, but this particular car is a manual, and I recommend people get a manual for fun if they want to have fun. It's got four new tires. Well, okay, 5,000 miles ago, but still relatively new. The 100,000-mile service was done in January of 2020 at 106,000 miles. The car was last inspected at the Mazda dealer 2,500 miles ago, and they said everything was fine. So here's the great thing about buying from the original owner. You're buying a car that's got a complete history. This car was purchased in uh, Doug's Linwood Mazda in March of 2005. It was a local car, so it was in the Northwest, wasn't exposed to you know salty roads and that kind of thing. They said the reason they're selling it is it's their third car. They're not driving it much. Again, that whole pandemic thing, they're working from home, and the mileage is low. It's about 6,600 miles per year over the 18 years of ownership. So it's really, really low. They have a file full of service records. The car runs great, according to them. And again, I'm reading their ad. I'm not, uh, I didn't go look at the car. So I'm not saying you should buy this car. But if I was looking, if it was me and I saw this car today and I had $5,000 in cash, I'd already be in my car or I'd already be in an Uber and I'd be heading towards this thing because this seems like a great deal, a great way to go. Um, let's see. They talk about how it's, you know, it's compact in size, but the back seat folds. It'll, it has four doors. You can seat four people. It's cute and sporty. Okay, whatever. That's fine. You know, if you don't like this type of car, this is a four-door hatchback, then, you know, you're not going to like it. But when it comes to buying cars in this range, you're looking at it from the standpoint of what's the condition. It's kind of like real estate. The old adage in real estate is location, location, location. 
When you're buying a car that's 5,000 bucks, you're going for condition, condition, condition. You want to buy a car in good condition. If you wanted a two-door, but it's a four-door, but it's still really, really nice, original owner, hey, go with the four-door, right? I mean, you know, unless you just hate four-doors, if it looks good and it's in good condition, you're going to be better off in the long run for a car in this price range. Now, if you're buying a new car, then get whatever you want. It's your money, right? But for this kind of car, you know, do something like this. So what else do they say about it? Um, They really go into detail on like little problems. They say the uh, the rear power windows can get a little temperamental. They can stick sometimes before they go down. Oh, they talk about there's a Parrot Bluetooth, aftermarket Bluetooth system installed. Doesn't always work right. Okay, whatever. They said there's a small ding in the front passenger door. A couple of minor scratches on the rear bumper. So what? It's a used car, right? Who cares? That's not the kind of stuff you really should worry about, but they're honest enough to put it in the ad before you even go look at the car. So $4,900, 2005, Mazda 3, 115,000 mile, one owner, all records. You can find out everything about this car. It's a great way to buy a car. Okay, the next one is, I, I really like this. If you're a homeowner or you have some sort of major sort of outdoor project that you need to do, it's great to have a pickup. But sometimes people will go down and rent them, right? Like you can rent one for a day or for a few hours from like Home Depot. But that's not always convenient. Sometimes you need one for a period of time. You may even need it for several months. So I've always thought it'd be great to just get an old two-wheel drive, like a Toyota or something like that. I like those. But this is actually a 1977 Scottsdale C20 Chevy pickup. Uh, the odometer says 50,000 miles. I doubt that it's 50. It's probably, I mean, it says 50, but they only go up to 100,000 before they flip. So it's probably 150. Maybe it's even 250. But this thing's really straight. It's really nice. It's got a 350 V8 automatic transmission, and they have pictures underneath the, the truck. So there's really no rust. There's nothing in the rockers, the floorboards. It's all in great shape. They stored it in the garage, according to the to the ad. It's been adult-owned, never abused, um, very dependable. And this is the kind of basic truck that, you know, back in the day Chevy was selling that, you know, as long as the the battery's charged up and you have gas in it, it's going to start and run and get you back and forth to work or whatever. But this is the kind of thing that's perfect for picking up a load of lumber from the lumber store. It's great for picking up, you know, cinder blocks or bark mulch for your yard, whatever you need to pick up and haul. This is the kind of thing that can do it. Now, it's not four-wheel drive, so it's not going to be some sort of snow rig or backcountry thing, but it's going to haul stuff. It's great. You buy it, you drive it, use it for your project. A year later, two years later, you sell it, or you decide, you know what? I love this thing. I'm keeping it. It's 7,800 bucks, and it'll probably be worth 7,800 when you're done. Now, that's the asking price. You can always go in and negotiate, right? But that's the price of this particular one. And it looks like a good one. There were a lot more expensive, kind of similar type trucks, you know, more like 10K, 12K. But this one seemed to be reasonably priced. Not a perfect truck, but it's it's in nice condition, especially for the money. Okay, so I'm a big fan of the Jeep Wrangler TJ series. This is the 1997 through 2006 Wranglers uh, from Jeep. And especially the six-cylinder version, um, I'm not a big fan of the four. 
I, I don't hate it or anything. It just, you know, if I was going to get one, I'd get a six cylinder. I kind of prefer the idea of getting a manual, but my wife doesn't like manual transmissions, so I might end up getting an automatic. If I was going to do that, I think model year 2003 through 2006, they had a four-speed automatic instead of the three-speed, which was in the earlier years, so I'd probably shoot for that. I might even shoot for a Rubicon, but without digging too much into what I want, here's one that I came across. This was a 1999 Jeep Wrangler Sahara. It's got the four-liter six-cylinder motor. It is a manual transmission car. It's green. Looks like it's in nice shape. Now, it has 145,000 miles, which isn't much technically for uh, that particular year. And actually, for these six-cylinder motors, they can go a long way if they're you know, if you do the regular maintenance on them. So I wouldn't be opposed to getting something, especially at this price. $6,900 seems a bit underpriced from what I've been seeing in the marketplace. Now, this car is actually oh, a couple hours drive from Seattle. So it's a little bit outside of the market. It's a little bit harder to sell, maybe. But still, I'd drive an hour and a half, two hours to go look at this thing if I was in the market. It does have AC and heat, obviously, cruise control. It says the radio doesn't work, but that's not a big deal. I could live without that. The pictures show it to be in pretty nice condition. The only thing I don't like personally is that it's a soft top. I would prefer to have one with the hard top. And, you know, if I want to get a soft top later and take the hard top off, that's my business. But I'd prefer to have the hard top. Uh, what else? Oh, the other thing, yeah, this might be a turnoff for me. It's the half door. So it's metal on the bottom and then it's got like a vinyl plastic window insert for the upper half. That's not my favorite. So maybe I wouldn't get this one. Maybe I wouldn't recommend it, but that's just me personally. A lot of people love these. So, and again, for the price, uh, typically something like this would be more like mm, nine or 10 grand asking price, but this is 6,900. So it's definitely worth a look. Okay, the next car was an interesting car. Um, it, I liked it because it was really straight and clean. This is a 1983 Ford Mustang GLX convertible, $5,500. The thing I didn't love about it was it's the six-cylinder. It's not the V8. I would prefer to have a V8 in one of these cars. It just, you know, it's more fun. It's an automatic, so you have to decide if that's good for you or not. And it says the AC is not working. Now, some people think, oh, it's a convertible. It'd be nice and cool. Uh, a convertible on a hot day is terrible. <laughs> I'd want to put the top up and turn the AC on. So that's a bit of a holdback. Interesting car. Looks like it's really straight. Looks like it's never been in an accident. Again, I have no way of knowing that. It's just based on the pictures. So I've seen better examples for about the same money, maybe a little bit more with the V8. But this one was interesting. So I wanted to mention it. And it was certainly affordable at 5500 Okay, and the final car that I found, and again, this was in a 20-minute search. I spent 20 minutes just poking through Craigslist. And this this final car is, I don't know if I would recommend it to most people, but I like it because I've owned a couple of these, not this particular year, but I used to have a 1987 Honda Civic Si. It was a two-door hatchback, sort of a hot hatch kind of thing. And I put some Tokiko shocks on it and Jackson Racing sway bars. And the car handled great. It was fun to drive. It was just sort of, you know, the poor man's Mini Cooper S. But it was fun to drive. This is a 1991. It is a Honda Civic, but it's the four-door sedan. It's kind of boxy looking, kind of funky looking, but it has 75,000 original miles. 75k. 
and the asking price is forty nine fifty, which is way more than what you might see it listed for through Kelly Blue Book or the NADA National Automobile Dealers Association website, where you can look up the price of a car. They're going to show this as being worth like you know fifteen hundred or two thousand, maybe a little bit more with the low miles, but it may be worth five grand. Now, the reason I say that is these things. If you've ever driven a Civic from this era, you can see everything. It's not like the current new cars that are peering out of a tank slot, right? You get this little slit of a window, little tiny slit of a back window, little tiny, you know, short uh, front windshield, kind of really steep and raked. Hard to see out of. But these cars, man, you can see everything. You feel like you're sitting up on top of the world. It's great. Now, you're not up high like an SUV, of course, but... It really does have good visibility. In fact, when we still had our Gallant VR4, my kids, I don't know if they drove it or if they just riding in the front, but they used to say, you know what I really love about this car, Dad? I love the fact that I can see everything. And it's, you know, back in the day where they had the thin A pillars, uh, the thin B and C pillars on the car. So you had a lot of glass, a lot of window, not a lot of strength in the roof. So, you know, don't flip that thing over. But... Still, you can see a lot, so you can see the accident before it's going to happen and maybe avoid it. Anyway, these are fun. They're fun to drive. I have a friend who owned one of these, and I think he put like 400,000 miles on it. He drove it to death. This car's got a ton of life left, so for this kind of money, you could have sort of a, I don't want to say a classic, but it is a 30-year-old car, and it would probably be stone-cold reliable for doing just dumb stuff like driving down to the store to get, you know, milk and eggs, driving to, you know, the trailhead to go for a hike, driving it down to the bus stop to take the bus into the city for, you know, if you still do that. Uh, maybe a commute if you still do that. It's just kind of driving around dumb stuff that you do that you can put a ton of miles on a car and you've got something that's sort of interesting, right? Um, I just think they're fun. I don't know if I would pay forty nine fifty, but it's a little tempting. Eh, something to think about. Anyway, the only thing I guess would be a holdback for me would be, does this thing have air conditioning? 1991, it wasn't real common. They don't mention it in the ad, so that's probably a holdback for me. But it is a easy-to-get-in-and-out-of four-door sedan that gets 30 miles to the gallon. Not bad. You're going to have a hard time finding a better car for the same price. Well, Wait a minute, we already did. It was that 2005 Mazda 3 with 115,000 miles. I think, again, that's the winner of the nine cars we looked at. I do have a soft spot for the Trans Am. Yeah, that's probably, in terms of like emotional favorite, my favorite. Uh, midlife crisis? Sure, why not? Let's have a crisis. Let's do it. Mazda 3, probably the best one. I also like that Scottsdale C20 pickup, that Chevy. I like the Jeep Wrangler TJ, and I like this Honda Civic. Uh, the other ones uh, I'm okay with. Uh, they they were cool. They were probably interesting to some of you. Anyway, do your own search. Go to Craigslist, jump on, click on Owner. Don't do the dealer ads. If you want to, go ahead and do it, but they're going to be more expensive, right? And there's going to be a thousand of them, so you're going to have to sift through. You're going to see the same car again and again because a lot of times they repost it every day. Every day, the same car for the same price. Guess what? That's boring. No, click on Owner, and then just go down to the first 120, which is just the first scroll, and then you have to click forward to the next 120. And maybe by the time you get there, you've scrolled through 
a day or two of cars if you're in a big market. And if they're really good cars, they will be gone in two or three days. So you don't really need to look much further. Occasionally, you do get a car that sticks around for a while that's really good and should have sold but didn't for some unknown reason. Maybe it's the time of year. Maybe people are asleep. Maybe, I mean, who knows? It, it does happen, but it's not common. Usually the good ones go in a day or two. So that's where I would look. Just start looking in there and you might find that serendipity works in your favor and you find something that's fun to drive for not a lot of money. Five grand, maybe 10 grand. In fact, after kicking out the Trans Am price of 15,000 and that ridiculous dune buggy, <laughs> just forget that, that was dumb. Uh, for 13.5, the average price of the other seven cars on this list was $5,700, which is pretty cheap. So there you have it. That's my suggestion for letting serendipity be your guide to your pandemic placeholder or your cheap used car or your interesting but cheap to drive thing, whatever you want to call it. But just make sure that you check that car over thoroughly. And maybe if you're not competent yourself mechanically that you have somebody who is, take a look at the car. You might want to take it in for a pre-purchase inspection. Again, on a really inexpensive car, a pre-purchase inspection can be, you know, $100, $200, depending on who's doing it. So you want to weigh that against the cost of the car. But if you buy a car and it's something wrong with it, then you definitely are going to be mad about that. So just make sure you check it over thoroughly. Make sure you know what you're looking at or what you're looking for, or you bring somebody with you who does so you don't get a lemon of a car. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode. And be sure to join me next time for another episode to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. Until then, I'm Gary Crenshaw. This is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.